Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back again with another episode for y'all. Before I get started with this episode, I want to thank everybody out there for the support that you've been giving me. It is something beyond my wildest expectation. Uh, you know, anytime anybody starts a project or a business or something like that, you have these hopes and dreams of how things are going to turn out, what it's going to look like. But honestly, you know, I had these hopes of people listening to my show and supporting me, but I never imagined that um, I would have people in 28 countries uh, listening to my show. Uh, I never imagined that I would have so many people, you know, asking me questions about things. I'm grateful for that. I'm humbled by that. Uh, But I want to tell you about something that I experienced um, in relation to my show and the pressure that comes with being, uh, dare I say, a public figure. The other day I gave a speech. I was asked to give a speech at the prison. Uh, Every now and then at the prison, every three or four months, they have a job fair or resource fair for the guys that are going to be getting out within the next few months, 18 months or so like that. And it's a great program. I'm talking about one of the best things that I've ever seen where these uh, people from halfway houses, and a halfway house is uh, like a temporary housing facility for people that are getting out of prison before they transition all the way back into society and get their own housing or live with a family member or whatever. It's just to give them time to acclimate and go through some more programs and stuff like that, right? But you have people like that here. You have people like here that can offer mental health services out there. You have people that come here that can offer them jobs and stuff like that. They give them all this information to say, look, we got you. You know what I'm saying? We're going to give you a fresh shot when you get out. So I think it's a great thing, right? So anyway, this uh, this occasion, they asked me to give a speech. Now, this is my second time giving a speech at a resource fair. So I thought I was ready. <laughs> I, uh, I've been waiting for three months, building up with what I wanted to say, how I wanted to say it, you know, practicing my delivery and everything, because the main thing I wanted them to understand is how great I think the program is and, and how appreciative that we are in here to them for taking the time to come out and even uh, present the uh, opportunity to the guys, right? I wanted them to understand that. And, you know, of course, talk about my podcast and all of that, right? So anyway, before I went out, to uh, give the speech, um, I heard people, when I was walking through the hallway, I heard people saying, is that him, is that him? You know, some of the people that worked at the prison, some of the people that were guests, and just hearing that, I don't know what happened, it put pressure on me. It's like, wait a minute, are they talking about me? You know, because in here, we're not used to people talking about us in an affirmative way a positive way it's always negative when you hear your name so I don't know if my mind played a trick on me or what you know what I'm saying but when I heard them say is that him is that him I locked up and as I was walking out to the, on the uh, into the gym to the podium to speak I'm walking behind the, the head counselor or whatever and she's getting ready to introduce me and she introduces me to the audience to the crowd and then I get on the phone, I'm on the microphone and say, hey, how y'all doing? My name is Joe Baker. How you doing? And they say, fine, fine. You know, this, this, and that, right? And then I said, uh, I want to thank y'all for coming out and all of that. And I was getting into my speech. So I'm falling into my speech, and the microphone goes off. 
I'm already nervous. But when the microphone goes off, I say, wait a minute, what happened? Is this thing on? And I tap the top of it. You know how you do, you tap the microphone, boom, boom, boom. Is this thing on? I did that, and the mic man, they were working on it. So I stepped out around the podium and started talking loud. But when I did that, I was blank. I totally forgot all the stuff that I wanted to say, and I started winging it. And they were engaged. Whatever I was saying, they were engaged. I could tell by the looks on their faces, and I'm scanning the crowd as I'm talking, you know, looking right to left as I'm talking and getting eye contact, making eye contact with the people, trying to get them to feel me, and I'm feeling them, and so on and so forth, you know. And I'm doing a great job as far as they're concerned. And I say that because I'm gauging the response. You know, and when I tell them about the podcast, they start picking up the phones and they start searching it, asking me, how do you spell that? I says, that's doing without the G, D-O-I-N, right? And then they, I see them pulling it up and I hear one of them say, oh, that's him, I got it, I got it, okay. So all of this is going on, but I'm winging it. I'm winging it. And after a few minutes, I say, you know, I'm gonna wrap this up. You got any questions for me, this, this, and that. And there were a couple of questions and I answered them and then I said, thank y'all and have a nice day. So as I was leaving, every other table was stopping me and asking me questions, which was great. I'm better one-on-one or one-on-two, you know, small audiences, which was fine. But I was so nervous, I'm sweating. I know my mouth was dry. I'm constantly licking my lips like LL Cool J. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking to myself, these people must (laughs) think I was crazy or something, right? But once I started to talk to them face-to-face, head-on, like at one-on-one or two-on-one or whatever the case may be, I felt myself coming back. I was in my element. So when I finished talking to them like that, it was about 20 or 30 minutes. Then I went in the back, and my supervisor was like, how do you think How do you think you did? Because he was standing out there listening to me. And I said, I think I bombed. And he was like, no, you didn't bomb. And I said, I didn't get to say the majority of the things that I wanted to say. And he said, you did great. I said, okay, thank you for that. But I took that to believe that they said I did great because what, what what else would you expect out of somebody that's been in prison for 34 years? He did the best he can. God bless him. You know, this is what my mind is telling me. That's not what they told me. So later on, one of the guys that I work with, he came to me. And this guy, you know, he, he knows that type of industry. You know what I'm saying? And speaking in front of crowds or whatever. And he was like, man, you could have done better. And I received that. You know what I'm saying? And he started telling me what I needed to do and so on and so forth. And I said, I received that, man. Then another guy, a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, both of them are friends of mine, but the other guy I'm closer to, he came and told me, he said, man, you knocked it out the park. I said, why you say that? He said, did they like it? And I was like, yeah. He said, that's what you're supposed to care about, if they liked it. I said, but I didn't get to say all the things that I wanted to say. He said, but did they like what you said? I'm like, yeah, they were clapping and so on and so forth. He said, then that's the end of it. You did a great job. I said, I'm going to receive that. Now I'm conflicted. I'm receiving what he's saying because it makes me feel good. I received what the other guy said to me because I agree with it and I think that I didn't do well. Now I'm conflicted in what's really going on. So I get back to the cell and I'm talking to my celly, right? And he's a believer too. And I'm telling him everything that I've told y'all. And he said, let me ask you something. He said, uh, what were you doing the speech for? I said, I do all things to glorify the most high, period. That's the end of it. And he said, did you ever think about it like this? 
He said, did you ever think that what you were saying is what he wanted you to say and not what you necessarily wanted to say? I said, you know what's weird? I said, a few minutes before I went out, I prayed to the Most High and asked him, you know, give me the words that you want me to say. And then when I get out there, I freeze up on what I wanted to say, but the stuff that I did say, they were just responding to. And then as soon as he said that, while he was saying that, I'm like, oh, okay, God, <laughs> he took over. He pushed me to the back because apparently, maybe, I got to thinking, what I was trying to say was my flesh talking and not me glorifying the most high. And when I prayed and asked God to give me the words to say to glorify him, he did. He took over. I defined that as winging it. But I wasn't winging it. After I thought about it, I wasn't winging it. I was saying what he wanted me to say. The words that were coming out of my mouth were the words that he wanted me to say. And in that, I had to tell myself, I need to figure out a way to get past this emotional feeling that I'm having of failing. Because God is a purposeful God, intentional. Nothing is haphazard or just by mistake or happenstance. It's intentional. And if I believe that like I do, then I have to believe that what I said was what he wanted me to say. Could I have been better prepared? Absolutely. But God is the best of planners, not me. And I had to submit to that. And when I finally submitted to that the next day, I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm straight. And I have to say, why is that? Why am I straight? Because I submitted to what the Most High wanted me to do. I could have pouted about it, walked on, and, and, and started to do all of these things that were going to take me down the wrong path unknowingly to glorify me and what I was doing, but not the Most High. That's not what I did. It's not what I'm going to do. It's not what I'm going to do. And I wanted to share this story with you because there are going to be times in your life when you're going to be called or asked to do something. And it may not turn out the way you want it to. It may not turn out the way you want it to. But I'm asking you to remember this. God is a purposeful God. Intentional. Nothing he does is by mistake. Nothing he does is by coincidence. And when you submit to that, when you accept that, and you glorify in his name, then whatever's happening to you, when you have those moments where you define those things that happen to you as a failure, you need to stand up and remind yourself why you're doing it what you're doing it for because when you do that you're going to figure out that your obedience to the most high is overruling that need for your flesh to be satisfied to be patted on your back the only validation that you're going to realize that you need is from the most high and then he's going to put people in your life that are gonna pat you on the back in the right way, not the wrong way. And you're gonna need that as you move through this thing. I'm starting to understand is somebody that is, I'm reluctant to say this, but it is what it is, but I'm starting to understand as somebody that's in the public eye, like I am with this show, that it's a big responsibility 
but I asked for this when I asked the most how to bless me with this platform. So I got to uphold that in the right way and do his will and not mine. And when you ask God for something, don't dismiss the responsibility that's going to come with that because it's huge. And you're going to have those days where you feel like uh, it's too much, but it's not because God wouldn't have granted it. He wouldn't have granted it to you if it was going to be too much because God is a purposeful, intentional God. Remember that. I'm going to wrap this thing up. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe, the Crime Critic. Peace, y'all.